Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Char Track Gamescast. I'm your host Ben, aka the Marvelous Ziggy. Joining me is the man, the myth, the legend, the commentator extraordinaire, Justin, aka Zero Score. Are you ready to podcast? And joining (laughs) us is Chief Demon Exorcist, Tyler. To understand that reference, listen to this week's... yeah, on the cream of the crop. Nice macho man impersonation. I love it. Again, I still only know the impersonation from what Ben does. That was a good Ben doing macho man impersonation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've heard macho man from Spider-Man. Was that him? Like, was he actually Bonesaw? That's... That's... That's him. Yeah, Bonesaw is ready. That's him. nowhere. Like, I got you for three minutes of cool, playtime. I, I got you for three minutes. I think what I picture what I picture as Macho Man is actually Hulk Hogan. No, it's the, that's a totally different guy. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. They hate each other, or hated each other. Oh, rest in peace, Macho. Um, yeah, no, that was that was one of, like, I remember my dad telling me, like, son, you gotta go see Spider-Man. I'm like, but Dad, Bunny Night Raw's on. But Macho Man's in it. Okay, let's go see Spider-Man. And that was the best... That's the best, in my opinion, my favorite cameo still of all time of any of any, of any superhero movie is Macho Man and sick. Spider-Man. Um, Macho Man. You know? Macho <laughs> Man. Does... Oh, yeah! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm going to hurt my throat. I need to save that for tomorrow. Oh, yeah! Okay, here anyway, comes we... the Macho Man. We are the Charge Shot Gamescast. We are a weekly video game podcast dedicated to the new games we've been playing, the news we've been reading. Uh, Justin, uh-huh. what have you been up to since post-life of Axiom Verge 2? Um, I haven't actually played that much in the last week. I apologize. Um, I got in some editing time, finally. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that I had like just recorded my next video so i've mostly been editing um Mm. and what little time i have but also my computer decided it just wanted to kill itself um well hold on hold on hold on because you put in the 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 is is this unrelated that that i don't know about i don't know exactly the reason so there there was yes i i got a new solid state drive like one of the kind of little like ram stick looking ones that go into the pc pcie slot for those that know anything about computers. And um, put that in, booted up the computer, and it went to a blue screen. But the new the new drive was not my OS drive. That should have still worked. So something else like caused a corruption in the main drive when I plugged in the new one, I guess. I don't know. Um, so like I was fiddling around with it, and basically... I kept accidentally pulling out the power from my other hard drives. Um, so I couldn't get any of them to read after a while. And it's because I was filling around too much and the cords were tight. So I'd like open the bay to like, you know, see what was going on with the drive and it would come unplugged. And I couldn't see that it was unplugged because the, the cord was way in the back. Anyway, um, so yeah, I ended up just doing a fresh install of Windows on the new solid state drive and then like manually copied everything over from the old one that would still rec- be recognized on my computer but I couldn't actually load windows from it it just it, like it would say that there was a missing like windows file 
and it could not load the the OS. So what little free time I had this week, I mostly spent troubleshooting my computer, um, which <laughs> I didn't even know that something was wrong with it at first because it was fine. Um, it wasn't until I realized that my like my main drive, like not my not what Windows is on, but like where I keep all my stuff uh, was not being registered by the computer. And that was because I plugged in the new solid state drive and it takes up two of the drive ports. And one of those happened to be the the one my main drive was plugged into, like the, the numbered port. Um, so that I was able to fix. Um, but I only noticed it because I was going to um, create the thumbnails for our lovely shows. And I had Photoshop on the computer because it was on the the solid state. Um, booted it up. Couldn't find any of my projects, which I have saved like in my images folder on my main drive. So I couldn't actually open <laughs> anything in Photoshop to make the thumbnails. And then I spent the next like day and a half figuring all that out before I could actually get anything done. So I apologize for late shows last week. That was my fault. So um, It was out of my control, but it was also my fault. Um, so, yeah. I've been a little frustrated. A lot of my time has been computer stuff. But I did get my new Vita. I don't have it next to me right now because I left it at work. Um, but it's very pretty. It's very blue. Uh, I put a picture of it on Twitter. So, you know, you can go dig through my tweets for that. Um it's the nice aqua blue one but the trippy thing is it's a japan import which is totally fine like everything in it you know it's it's region free or whatever but for some reason japan sets everything as circle is confirm and x is cancel that was the that was the norm for uh, a whole bunch of stuff especially if when it's imported over Mm -hmm. here like in uh Final Fantasy 7 for PS1 or Metal Gear Solid or whatever, confirm with Circle and oh. cancel with X. That's normal. That was normal worldwide besides us. And then with the PS5, they pretty much confirmed it to us. Uh, where now it's X is confirm and Circle is cancel. Yeah. And honestly, like, if you think about it, it makes sense, the, the Circle and, and X thing. Um, especially, like, we just watched, uh, we just binged Squid Game over the weekend. And that has that same kind of thing of, like, the blue, the the green, like confirm button is circle, and like the red X button is. Uh, yeah, I mean like X stop. Yeah, know. right, exactly, and that makes sense to me. Like if you look at like tic tac toe and stuff, like it's it's circle and X, and like, um, it's kind of like you're stopping the circles with an X, and like I get it. It's just so confusing because I've always like for you know five generations of Sony consoles, I have done X to confirm. And especially on the Vita, it's trippy because any games and stuff you get, if you're playing the American version of the game, which you are because it's English, um, the game like UI and stuff all has X to confirm, circle to cancel. The Vita home menu (laughs) is circle to confirm, X to cancel. So it gets really trippy to like open the app using Circle, and then once you're in the app, use yeah, X. Yeah, there's a similar problem for the like, Switch version of uh, Guilty Gear X2, where uh, if you're playing the Switch normally, uh, A is confirm, B is cancel. But in that game, it's B to confirm and A to cancel, which really trips me up. See, sometimes. that's dumb because those but those are labeled with letters. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. 
I'm still setting everything back up on my computer, but I'm nearly done editing my video, and I did not have much time to play anything, except for a few Vita games, um, like, late last week into this morning. So I will touch a little bit on those, um, the main one I've spent time with is, uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. <laughs> I'm a few hours in. I forgot about that game. I'm struggling a little bit with it. Uh, I think just like conce- oh you t- you too yeah like conceptually okay. there's some stuff in there that like I just can't wrap my head around um, like I really don't like I think it's because I'm going into the Pokemon mindset yeah. um, and it's not that but like I keep thinking it's it's similar but then it's not so like the main thing that bothers me is like you can basically just max level your Digimon yeah. and if you keep them in combat at that point they're not really getting anything for uh, fighting the, the whole reason behind that is uh, if their max level, um, it's only because their ABI setting is super low. And the only way to get your ABI setting up is by digivolving and de-digivolving them over and over. It's it's really weird, and it tripped me up the first time I yeah, played it. Yeah, I don't it. like it. And, yeah, I agree. It is dumb. But, like, the main thing that bothers me is you could be, like, you know, balls deep in the middle of a dungeon, or whatever they call them, like a, you know, digital fortress place, the closest, like, place to go to actually, like, you know, do the digivolving and stuff is back at the beginning of the floor you're on, and you've just max-leveled your Digimon. So, like, it's just worthless at that point. You gotta digivolve um, it, And I really only have enough memory in my party to have three people, which is what your party size is. So I don't have any reserves to swap out or anything. Plus, the reserves get XP, too. So even if you swap them out, it's not like they're... Like, it, it's no different, really. They're just not actively playing. So it's just kind of a weird thing to juggle. We have to go to a different place to basically evolve your Digimon to bring it back to level one so that it can actually get experience again. Even though that level one might be a weaker thing than what you had before that just couldn't level up anymore. That just, it bothers me. Yeah, it is a bit uh, weird, I like the first, system. But uh, once you get the hang of, uh, like, the actual levels of the Digimon, like champion ultimate all that stuff um you'll understand that uh they actually are significantly stronger at level one depending on what stage they're at sure i just i'm not saying that the system doesn't work like once you get used to it i'm just saying i think it's a bad system yeah i can agree with that (laughs) it is Um, confusing but yeah but i like i do like the idea that they can uh evolve into different things but I feel like that needs a little bit more structure because it definitely seems like there's certain just kind of like base Digimon that kind of branch out into multiple things. And then there's others yes. that seem like they should be more focused. Like I, I did the starter as like the little gear guy um, and I just digivolved it into Starman, which is actually really yeah, cool. Starman's cool. Like I like him a lot. But he feels like he has nothing in common with what came before. Yeah, that's the whole thing with Digimon. That's Digimon um, for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it starts off as a little blob, then that's, it turns that's... into a fucking machine gun. That's how it works. I mean, there, there's a guinea pig with bat wings, and next, its next evolution is a fucking angel. Like, what? Hey, man, don't but, I mean, but you roll There's multiple it. evolutions, too. So it's like you can change them into different things. So it doesn't really feel right. like a, you know, nature... Like it just feels like no, they're they're pro- they're programs. I realize That's that what they are, but I'm just saying like it doesn't feel like there's any flow to the structure. Like how do you know what turns into what? There are when, some like, that make sense. Ones though. turn into multiple things, and 
But then why aren't they oh, just yeah, that yeah. thing? Because it's Digimon. It's just it's just in their design concept. Um, like like there's a meme where like it's a picture of Digimon Next Evolution Next Evolution, and then the final version is like a, it's like it's like a fridge with a gun attached to it. Yeah, that 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 that's just that's just how they've always done like, it. There's some cool designs, um, but it doesn't feel like there's any like you know structure to any of the things. So you just end up catching or not catching, but creating all of them just to see yeah. what they can evolve into. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like the one I have can turn is a little plant turns into a giant cactus, uh-huh. then goes back down to a sexy plant lady. I mean, I mean, like yeah, the plant theme is there, but why turn into a giant cactus and do a small tiny plant thing? And the tiny plant rose woman is more powerful than the giant cactus. It's it's just how the, the it's just it's confusing. That's just how it is. Like, just, I like that it, idea it of, like, changing up and then down, and then that lets you go a different, like, evolution path and stuff, kind of, like, jumping around a little bit. But I just wish it was more like a skill tree than right. just, like, you know, here's the requirements for any of these things that you don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wish, like, if it was a max, if there's a max level thing, I wish it was, like I said, a skill tree. We basically go into the menu, and you can, like evolve and devolve them at random like once they reach max level you can just go into your menu and decide what they're going to be next um rather than having to run away to some other place just to change their form and then go back to what you were doing yeah it would make things a bit easier yeah um but i like the overall structure of it like it kind of reminds me of like a mix between like uh mega man battle network and persona and it's and it's delivery because it's very much that like you're a real kid that goes into a digital world to like you know solve crimes and figure out what's going on with the with the mysterious shadow company but then also like everything is anime waifus and like you have kind of a like a you know your party system like the combat system is more like persona um I will say also, like, the combination of attributes and elements confuses me a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's a bit unhinged in this game, I feel like. Um, and by endgame, it ultimately doesn't really matter that much. Good to know. I won't care. <laughs> <laughs> because there were early NPCs that were basically saying, like, you know, you better be careful. You don't want to get screwed over by having all the same attributes on your yeah, party. Yeah, as long as you have, like, but, like, uber strong Digimon, then it ultimately doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it didn't really seem like it did so far. Like, the only thing you gotta worry about is, like, the tree, uh, the triangle thing uh, between uh, virus data and uh, vaccine Digimon. That's pretty much the only thing you gotta worry about. Okay. A triangle strategy, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I am enjoying it. Um, Like I said, the characters are really good, and I'm intrigued by, like, the overall story arc. Um... I don't necessarily find the, like, actual exploration all that interesting, because the the little data worlds kind of look the same. Um, at least with the Vita version, there's a lot of loading screens. So, like, it gets kind of annoying just going from screen to screen and having loading time every single time. Yeah, and there's, like, a loading screen um, when you attack. Oof. Yeah, that does not <laughs> so, happen So, like, you in hit your HD attack, versions. and then it has to, like, like kind of take a second, and then it goes into the attack animation. It's a it's very brief, but like it just cuts up the flow when it, there's always a loading screen. Everything yeah, you do. Yeah, thank God the um, the console versions fix that because that would be hell to go through for me. 
Yeah, I mean, this is like it's essentially a PS4 game. I imagine it's a, it was a little tough to get it running on Vita. Um, this is definitely like the I mean the prettiest, but also the beefiest game I've got on yeah. there. Um, because I've seen some of the others and they look like PS2 games in some cases. Um, hey, PS2 games running on a handheld—that's yeah, right? amazing. That was basically the PSP though. Vita is supposed oh. to be like between a PS3 and a PS4. You do not remember? Do you? PSP games look a lot. I've played some PSP, PSP games PSP too. Games. I, I can do PSP emulation on there. Okay. Um, I'm just saying, like, PS PSP had a Kingdom Hearts game that looked pretty good. Yeah, and also had Tekken Dark Resurrection, which was on par with Tekken Five on PS2, probably better in some regards. Yeah. Like, it Oof. had limited memory, but it could put out the graphics. It just had to sacrifice some other stuff to to get it to that fidelity anyway um so yeah i am i am enjoying that i'm just struggling a little bit with some of the concepts um aside from that uh i haven't really spent a lot of time with much else um i got into one called i already forgot actually oh wow it, like, it <laughs> wasn't amazing but it was kind of a unique like um like third person over the shoulder strategy rpg because you kind of like it it's not quite tails where you have like free movement and like a combo system it's more futuristic and uh gun based but it's still that kind of idea where you like move around in a circle like the circle is your movement range um like valkyria chronicles i guess is kind of what it would be similar to um question is it made by sega mm, published by sega let me let me okay, look it up while, the I'm, game I'm while I'm damping, um, because I definitely remember. Like I, I knew like when I was playing it that I was going to forget the title because it's kind of weird, um, but it was also kind of neat. So anyway, um, it is. It's it's a very unique combat system where you like move around in your circle, and then once you get to the end of your movement, you also have like um, an attack radius. Um, out from that and different characters have different attacks like you know there's the melee there's the gun that kind of thing um there's the magic but it's a little obtuse to uh to figure out because i don't think you can see like your attack range until you finished your movement so like i mean you can you know undo your movement after you've moved but i kind of wish it was more of a traditional like grid-based system where you know you're in range of an enemy um, when you get up there. But anyway, it is kind of neat because, like, you can, uh, whenever you attack <laughs> when you're close to another character, you can, like, do a, um, a combo with them. Whenever other enemies hit you, you get a counter. Like, all that kind of um, action RPG stuff, but with, like, some shooter elements and, like, strategy RPG elements mixed in. Um, and I cannot find it. This is really annoying. It never existed. Um. <laughs> it was just a bad dream you had the other night. No, it definitely existed. But real quick, I'll move on and I'll come back to it. Um, I also briefly tried Luminous because I have heard that's like a really cool, like, you know, Sony puzzle thing. Like their take on Tetris, basically. And I didn't get it. Like everything is a square. And I guess you're supposed to be like making like the same colored squares together that get cleared out by like the rhythm lines that come across like the beats 
And I mean, it was fine, but I just, I didn't understand, like, it didn't feel like it was getting harder or anything. Um, so I kind of just got bored pretty quickly with it. Um, I can see it being a nice time waster, but I've got plenty Sounds of Sounds like a game for squares. Boo. <laughs> Boo, I say. Thank you. I'll be here oh, all week. Maybe this just isn't one of the, the best games on Vita, because I'm not seeing it on any of these lists. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, I found out that uh, you can transfer saves, like, you know, behind, like, you have to do some stuff for it. But you can transfer saves between the Persona 4 Golden uh, PC version and the Vita version. Um, I didn't get the game on Vita, because I didn't want to start over. But I also never really have time to play it at home. So maybe I'll figure out how to transfer my PC save over and pick it back up on Vita. That would be fun. Um, is it... I think it might be this one. Freedom Wars? That sounds familiar. It has this kind of... Freedom Wars. It has this art style, but I don't think it's this. Freedom, St- Freedom Wars is more like... Um, wow, this is a terrible video. Uh, Freedom Wars is more like Monster Hunter. Uh, Looks like it, yeah, based on the screenshots I'm seeing right now. Okay, it's it's whatever. I'll, I'll... This does not look like a game you would play, man. No. <laughs> not Freedom War. No. <laughs> this is like, oh, I want to play this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw that on the on like all of the lists, and I was like, eh, not my style. <sighs> it's going to bother me, but I can always find it while y'all are talking, and then... Um, update you later so yeah i'll move on for now um i jumped back into a few psp games also uh i'm kind of like jumping back and forth trying to get a taste of various things um before i decide what i actually want to sit down and play and um i tried maverick hunter x which i've never actually played before uh like i'm i'm so into Mega Man x and i know they changed some locations of like the you know the body parts and things like that in that one so I was worried that, like, I would get frustrated knowing where things are supposed to be and not being able to do it. Um, and I did. Like, I did chill Penguin first, like I always do. And there was no foot part there. And it made me really yeah. mad. Um, so at that point, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go in blind and just kind you of gotta like, go into flame man uh, stage first, which is like, what? Yeah, I learned that. But like. It's still the thing where if you beat Chill Penguin, it freezes Flame Mammoth stage. So there's like, either you get the the shoe part first and have a harder level, or you get Chill Penguin first and do the whole level without the dash boots. Like, I mean, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, Chill but... Penguin is a piss eating easy Maverick. You don't really need the foot parts to beat him right. anyway. The level's kind of annoying. It is. Like, the area you get the, the foot parts, I feel like they put it there because they know how annoying the rest of it is without the yeah. dash. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... I'll probably jump back into it. I just... I kind of wanted to get a taste for some of the differences. Um, I do really like that you can use the LNR to switch between uh, robot powers. That's a... That's, that's always great. been a thing. Um, was it? Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. I guess I was yeah, thinking, like, could, cla- yeah, classic... you're thinking Mega of Man classic Mega Man, bro. Yeah, because there were no shoulder buttons, my guy, on the shitty NES controller. Right, but like, there's more buttons in general on this, so I thought it was a new thing. But um, whatever. I also tried uh, the third birthday. <laughs> this guy again. didn't know that the Super Nintendo had tri- had had bumpers. On I the did top. too. I knew that. <laughs> I speaking of of 
weird controls. Did you? Okay, I have to ask you this question. Do you dash with the A button in X then? Are you that crazy? I dash with the A button. Yeah. What's What's wrong with you? That's just how I play, man. Just switch it to R. I actually, I think you can always use R because I like to switch weapons with R. No, I switch weapons with L. Dash with R. I like using my left finger though. It's my scuff finger, don't you know? Oh, I do. I didn't know that. Um. Anyway, I tried to jump back into uh, the third birthday, which I'd actually Oof. picked up like on my actual PSP. Um, because it's the Parasite yeah, Eve it's shit. The bad yeah, Parasite it's the... Eve uh, game that uh, Susie reviewed. Are there good year. Parasite Eve games? There are. Yeah, the first one. I think people love the first two. I think. I guess I don't know. I didn't. I don't know anything about them. Um, I picked. I didn't know this was a Parasite Eve game when I originally got it on PSP. Um, if you did, you'd be. Very I had been like looking up. Fair. I mean, I didn't know anything about Parasite Eve either. I was looking up various uh, PSP games that are worth getting, and I saw that one on the list. And then I saw that uh, Jensen Ackles is in the voice cast um, from Supernatural. And oh I was God, like, oh, he's great. Ackles. I have to play the third birthday for him. Shut up. I was like, oh, he's great. Like, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll check this out. Um, and then I didn't like it at all. Yeah. But <laughs> I wanted to try it again because I was like, maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. And the thing that's really annoying about playing this game on the Vita is the controls are terrible. Yeah. Like, I, I get it on the PSP, because there's only one stick, like, you know, whatever, you gotta do what you gotta do. But on Vita, I really want to use that second stick for the camera, but no, the camera mm. is on the D-pad. It's not, it's not made for it, like, they didn't, like, it wasn't programmed for that. So I know, it's like... but that's what I'm saying, it's like, I can't get over the fact that, like, I keep forgetting it's a PSP game, because honestly, it's it's pretty. Like, it's a nice looking well, game. It's a Square Enix game, so yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt that. So it looks just as good as some of the PS Vita games I've been playing. Um, but I kept forgetting that I couldn't use the second stick for camera. It just also makes you move. No matter which stick you do, it just moves you. So, like, I got better once I figured out that you can just, like, do the kind of, you know, the Zelda camera thing with L, where it just, like, snaps behind you or whatever. And so I never really had to mess with the camera controls. But the combat's just not fun. Like, you hold a button to shoot until you re- auto-reload, and then you hit the button again to keep shooting until you auto-reload. And you can, like, hit a button to, like, take over the bodies of other people, but it basically just puts you in their place. Like, you don't actually take them over and get abilities or anything like that. Um, and then you can also hit that button to, like, quick kill enemies when they get weak. Um, which also doesn't feel that good to do. And that's pretty much it at least early on. Um, and like, because I don't know anything about Parasite Eve, I don't know if the story is worth playing it's through not. or anything. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Sphere Hunter has an extremely detailed video on the third birthday. She's a big Parasite Eve fan. Okay, maybe I'll check that out and skip this one. Go <laughs> for it. <laughs> uh, and then... that That's most... Of it, um, like I said, there's a few other games I just literally like booted up to see what they were, and then got to the first save point and quit. I was like, okay, this seems cool. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll definitely play more of this, and then just you know, saved and quit. Um, one I'm curious about, but not sure I'm going to like, was uh, Innocent Life, a futuristic Harvest Moon for PSP. Mm. 
Um, it kind of amused me at this at first because it's set in the year Sounds 20 like cyberpunk. No, it's it's not that futuristic. Um, it's okay. set in the year 2022, which I, I mean, it's pretty close. It was made in 2007, so yeah, that was the future, I guess. But I'm not sure if the implication is that like Harvest Moon in general is not set in modern times, which I mean is very likely because you're not like you don't have like tractors or anything. Uh, but they've never really established a timeline for Harvest Moon, so I don't know. Where's the Harvest um, Moon compendium? Right. And I don't think you've ever had like a cell phone or anything in it. Probably not. Uh, but yeah, the fact that like the the future here is next year just is infinitely amusing because of the tech and in stuff the futuristic like, world your character next right <laughs> your character is a robot um like like a fully functioning like basically slave robot let's be honest he's being put to work on a farm um and everything else kind of seems pretty country still but like you do the tutorial on this like virtual crop pad that's just basically there to teach you how like the the process of farming works um and little like just little thing like little computer things like that that you've never seen in harvest moon before so like i'm kind of intrigued but i i saw that this game doesn't have marriage which i guess makes sense because you're a robot hey man robots Um, need love too well yeah that's the thing is like there's still like character stats on the main menu i don't know what they're for yet but one of them is literally love so like why can't you get married what's what's the point of that stat um and it seems like this game is kind of like a precursor to uh like rune factory because it's got some more of that like kind of story rpg elements in it um and the farming isn't as important and i've never been a huge fan of rune factory either so i don't know i i wanted to check it out because it's like the only harvest moon game like on sony handhelds really aside from like the you know backwards compatible like the PS1 game. Um, but it, it's not a it's not a strong start. Um, and I've got a bunch mm. of other games still to try. Uh, mostly, like, a lot of retro RPGs. Um, like, I got Xenogears on there nice. because I really liked when I tried that briefly on PlayStation Classic. Um, and I feel like I'd play it more on the go. You'd like it. Um, I was, like, I was not even far at all, like... I was having some graphical issues with my emulation, which is why I figured it'd be better on a perfect emulation machine. Um, and uh, the one of the other ones I just briefly started and didn't actually get into combat or anything for was called Brave Story New Traveler. Have you heard of that? It was a PSP RPG. Again, it's really pretty. It's got kind of a nice like Kingdom Hearts art style almost. Um, it's very nice looking for a PSP game. Um, and I've heard good things. I just don't know that much about it. Uh, and then I've got... I don't remember what else. It's it's fine. I'll, I'll report more next week. But yeah, I'm mostly just in Vita Land. Um, and then as Ben alluded to... Yeah. I mean, it's it's not too bad when you're like, you know, at the end. Like, when it's already dead and you're just playing catch up. There's plenty of games yeah. to play. I just don't remember the names of all of them. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, also, as Ben mentioned, I uh, commentated my first fighting game stream. Hype. Um, 
and it was a lot of fun. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was it was just fun to let loose and just focus on commentary and not actually playing a game while commentating. Um, I think we had a good time. But I wasn't playing the game. I just I wanted to give it a shout out because it was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of editing. I'm trying to get that video out by Wednesday because it's got some things of like... We're almost to Metroid Dread, so if I put it out after Friday, it's just embarrassing, you know? <laughs> I didn't I mean, expect like, to be delayed this much. I mean, like, you know, it is what it is at this point. I know, but it's the principle. Just put it out. There. I gotta finish principle it. Principle these nuts. I'm, I'm busy with this friggin' podcast. <laughs> and downloading Vita games, apparently. I, oh. I was doing that in the background while I was fixing my computer. Because, like, literally, most of Saturday, I was just, like, downloading programs and, like... Uh, you know, re-signing into all my streaming services and all that kind of thing. Um, getting the Adobe programs back. Uh, so I just had, like, the Vita stuff just transferring while I was doing that. Like, it didn't get in the way of anything. That's why I played so much stuff this morning. I'm just kind of dabbling in all of it. Because I had just gotten all that stuff installed over the weekend and wanted to see what some of the new things were. And I still didn't get them all transferred over, apparently. Um, I got an Ease game. Um, I grabbed World of Final Fantasy again, just because I could get it with all of like the DLC monsters and things like that, which I thought maybe might help me like cheese through some of the parts I hated. Um, and I still need to get the that new Fortune Street game working. Um, I, like... It just, it wasn't working in general. And then I tried to do the English patch on it, and that didn't work either. So I don't know what's going on. But that's like the main game I want to try out. So I got to get it working. But yeah. I think that's me. I'm going to go back to finding all this right. game. Tyler. Uh, unfortunately, this week I haven't really played all that much. Uh, but fortunately, I uh, dabbled back into uh, playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links again. Because uh, as of last Tuesday, they put out uh, the uh, Arc 5 update where uh, it adds uh, the main character, Yuya, and uh, puts in Pendulum Summoning, which you may or may not enjoy as a concept. Uh, I honestly didn't know how they would implement it in the game, because the way Pendulum Summoning works, at least when it was introduced, uh, normally you would have, like, five monster and five spell and trap zones, right? Uh, When they uh, introduced Pendulum Summoning and Pendulum Monsters... They added in two extra pendulum zones right at the end of the, of the boards, so uh, you would put your pendulum monsters in there. And uh, the way they work is they're basically hybrids of uh, monster and spell cards, where they're treated as monsters when you summon them, but when they're in the pendulum zones, they're treated as spell cards that have uh, two different effects depending on uh, how they're used. And... I honestly didn't know how it would work, because uh, in Duel Links, you only get three monster and spell and trap zones, and uh, the board isn't exactly big enough to uh, accommodate the two pendulum zones, especially with the new master rule making it so that the left and rightmost spell and trap zones are your pendulum zones now, because that's pretty much how mm-hmm. they nerfed it in lieu of Link summoning, but, you know, that's a different discussion altogether. Uh, so the way they did it is if you play as Yuya, the new character that they throw in, 
he has a skill that makes it so that not only does he get his ace monsters uh, added to his deck, but as soon as it activates in the beginning of the duel, it puts in those two pendulum slots that you can throw your pendulum shit on, and it honestly doesn't really clutter the screen as much as I thought, so... I don't know how it's going to work with the other characters. I assume that it's only going to be for this one guy. So that remains to be seen, I guess. But yeah, I've pretty much been dabbling with uh, the with the new updates. They added in a whole bunch of uh, Pendulum monsters. We got Odd Eyes, Pendulum Dragon, uh, and some. And they also added in a few cool monsters that I use in real life. So you know, that's all good and dandy. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I've been dabbling uh, some more with uh, new characters in Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, this week, uh, I've been uh, playing a bit as Ramlethal. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, she was the boss character in the last game, Guilty Gear Exard, but they made her like a regular mainstay character in this game. And uh, her gimmick is she has like two big swords where... Uh, you can slash them individually and uh, throw them at the opponent, and after a while they kind of explode, and you resummon them back to um, your character. So, it's pretty cool. She's pretty fun so far. Uh, definitely more straightforward than Zato was last week. So, unfortunately I haven't really been training that much, uh, since I honestly didn't have a lot of time to lab with them this week. So, I'll eventually report back on that next week. But yeah, that's it for me. All right. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, so I, I beat Vaxium Verge 2. Uh, last Vaxium Verge? Right after the podcast. Axiom Verge. That's what I said. Axiom Verge. I thought you said Vaxium You always Verge. hear everything I say wrong, so just assume I say it wrong. Axiom Verge 2, I beat it, and I can easily say I love it more than the first game. Um, I love that there's a more narrative to it. Uh, I love the different weapons you find. I love how it like I said last like I think last week where it was virtually a um not necessarily a Metroidvania come to come to truth with more like just a open 2D world. Uh although I kinda wish that once you get the last po- technical power up, more stuff opened up for you. Maybe it did and I just didn't bother explaining because the problem with me when I do Metroidvania is if I know I'm at the end and I get stuck and I'll figure something out, alright fuck it, I'll just beat it. I'll just go to the final plot. But I enjoyed my time overall. Um, it's definitely uh, a bold choice that he made. Um, and I can't wait to see what Thomas Hap does for, I, I would assume, a potential Axiom Verge 3. Uh, and, you know, who knows what's going on. But I, I love this game. Um, even after I beat it, I found myself loading up the save file and just going through it, trying to fill out the map and stuff like that, trying to find those little capsules to max out everything. Like... This so far, this is the only other game I would say that rivals that could probably dethrone Monster Hunter Rise for Game of the Year. And that's how much I loved it. Wow. And when I saw the time I'd spent on it, it didn't feel like that long, but it was 15 hours. I'm like, that's for a, a pseudo Metroidvania type. That's a significant amount of time. So, like, yeah, once I got in the groove with it, once I figured out those initial first steps. It was so much easier and so much more fun to to traverse through this world. Like I said, versus uh, Axiom Verge One, where every fucking corner was like a nightmare of dread and uh, and everything. Here, there's a lot of more accountability. Now you can always I think customize that to your preference. I think, but 
you know, I hands off to Thomas Hap. Like this was a much anticipated release, and to me, he uh, he nailed the landing. It was it was amazing. Uh, at some point, I'm gonna replay probably Axiom Verge One, Axiom Verge Two back to back. Um, but for now, I'm just gonna let Axiom Verge Two stew. Um, and I liked actually collecting all the notes, even though sometimes within context, it's kind of hard to understand what's going on. But I love the lore that he's putting in with the various tribes and different universes and stuff. It's all very, very uh, imaginative. Um, I, again, I, I kind of hope we get like this character who, uh, I don't want to say what happens to her, and uh, the character from the first game uh, coming together. Or maybe we'll get a new protagonist all together in Axiomverse 3 and it's completely different and it's maybe it's a shoot 'em up instead of anything we've seen before. Um, who knows? Uh, besides that, I've been playing a lot of uh, uh, Flynn, Son of Crimson, uh, the new uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass, also on Switch, um, and it kind of and after playing this, after playing Axiom Converge, I realized like a lot of the indie games I've been playing recently have mostly been Metroidvania esque and not a lot of just. I like that this game is just a straight up platformer action platformer game. I can't remember the last time I actually played one of those, um, and it's a lot of fun. I have now uh, basically play as this kid who is you're the parent you're the son the child of like the goddess sorel and i guess the protector of the realm your father i don't remember what his father's name is they're both gone and this evil force is coming back and the evil force attacks your dog and and you pretty much steals just your dog's power away so your giant like big uh what a uh, saint bernard it's not a saint bernard but that's the closest breed i can like compare it to is like on death's door because its power was drained from it so you have to go through these specific areas to go get it and and so far each each level is really fun it's visually beautiful i love the music combat um is like first you get a sword and you get an axe for heavy weapon for heavy weaponry uh you get uh, eventually you'll start getting other elemental attacks i've unlocked an ice attack and electrical attack that does stun damage there's even a skill there's a skill tree which can enhance your moves and do you know new sword combos and stuff like that um it's just a lot of fun to play some stages do overstay their welcome at points where i'm like oh god it's still going on but the benefit is that there is no lives in this game it does the mario odyssey approach where it takes it takes away some of your um i think it even says like five percent of your uh, red crystals that you can that you collect, red crystals are how you uh, uh, gain more power on your skill tree. Uh, the only thing so far I don't like about it is after I've I've beaten the first sort of overworld, then you go into this mountain area. I've beaten that. Uh, the and after you beat the mountain area, every it has it's only happened twice, but I'm already not a fan of it. Occasionally, it'll the game will like lock you out of progression um literally you can't go to the other stage until you take care of the scourge so that means you have to go visit a past stage and it tells you what stage it is and you have to basically run through the level and with harder enemies almost no visibility and defeat the scourge and it's this little like energy source and that's only then can, once you beat that can you actually play the game and i feel like that kind of hurts like Momentum because I I've when I when that first happened I was on a good groove I was beating all these stages it's really fun I like the the lore in here I like the introduction like there's hot there's little hub towns as you can visit um and but once I made it has so much to do twice and I'm not a fan of it it just to me it just kills my my momentum um it doesn't really 
uh, suit my fancy. But that's the only criticism I have for it. Uh, some might find that combat simplistic. Initially, I would say wait, play for at least another couple hours, and then you'll um, unlock the axe and the other mental weapons. You'll unlock new combo moves for your sword, and that's when the game truly becomes a lot more fun to deal with in dealing with different enemies. The game really loves to test you on how to deal with certain enemies in certain situations. Uh, I, I just did a whole underwater level where basically it's like Donkey Kong Country, that one well, Donkey Kong Country two level where you have to use the fish to navigate through underwater through darkness. It's pretty much like that, but without the blindingness from the Super Nintendo. Um, really, really fun stuff. Like it's nothing super innovative, but it's enjoyable to play, and uh, I think that's really all that matters. Um, and I love the pixel art. Like I feel like a lot of indie games out there. And no, not shaming anybody, but like some, I see that like, well, that just looks like it's Shovel Knight. Like it just, it's like just the same style. Here, it has its own visual identity to it. Um, it's clearly a pixel, but it it doesn't it doesn't look like he's trying to emulate something. Um, but speaking of emulation, the last game I'm going to talk about this week, uh, well, I guess I'll talk about the the uh, first to ten, but um, is I tried out Sable, which is. Uh, on uh on game pass now and i i think i saw this or we all saw this about a year ago at um like i don't know where we saw it but it was a trailer and it basically protruded it as breath of the wild but a uh, breath of the wild as game and so pretty and I, tr- I booted it up last week didn't really play it today i played more time than I, I pretty much did the opening section and it's Breath of the Wild with just the exploration. There is no combat in this game. Hmm. Um, you play as Sable, who is part of this nomad desert tribe, seemingly, and it seems like you are coming of age, uh, and pretty much you're you're uh, getting ready to say goodbye to your your clan, and they're all happy for you. But you have to do like these uh, get these things um, to in order in order to progress the story. Um, you have to you get this hovering stone, which is, it basically works as the same as your um, the the leaf the the the, the glider, um, and uh, and you also get a bike, a cool dirt bike like from Star Wars. It's actually really really cool. Um, it it's just like it, like honestly, if you want a game like breath, if you really if your favorite part of the breath of Breath of the Wild was the exploration, you're gonna love this because it's really chill. The music is great, and it. I and even though it's so far like it doesn't initially doesn't look that amazing in terms of like oh what the, what's the iconic like what's this doesn't really look that big. Once you start seeing markers, you're gonna start going off, and the game even encourages you to. Well, you can go visit this town. It's recommended that you go there, but you don't have to, and you really don't because. There's no combat. You're not leveling anything up. The only thing you're gonna get, you're getting from this, is the reward of exploration, and you're gonna get new masks that you can find, and I guess new outfits. So, if you're a person who's looking for combat, you're not gonna get that. They outright tell you that you're not gonna get combat. It's just not gonna happen. But if you just want to come back, you want a game to actually relax to, and but explore at the same time and feel rewarded for your exploration and maybe find something. It's great. And honestly. Um, Basically, you have to find you get to get you have to get your hoverstone activated, and you have to find parts to make your to fix to create your new uh, desert bike. And you go to this temple to pretty much confirm, like, to start this ritual that you will be leaving. And it, there's like a really sad like moment where like you come back to the 
to the encampment everybody set up and everybody's gone and you go to this one like futuristic like machine that's basically the post office box and it reads you a letter from the tribe leader and like by the time you read this it will be gone but we are not gone forever it's really sentimental and it looks like it's a story about coming to age and moving on your own and just just doing what you want to do with no restrictions um, I know some of might criticize it because it might seem too boring, but I feel like I from I feel like this is like that maybe that's not the game for you. That doesn't make it a bad game. I feel like they knew what the kind of the game they wanted to design, and they're doing it. And so far, it works. The only real criticism I have with it playing on PC is there's a lot of uh, screen tearing uh, on the Game Pass version, and there is no settings to turn on VSync at all. And I tried lowering the the I tried lowering the graphics. I tried lowering the frame rate. It still screen tears. So that's my only problem with it is like the screen tearing because it really wants you to become immersed in this world. It really wants you to become embedded and just live this desert lifestyle. But the screen tearing does take me out. Um, yeah, that that's like the only complaint I have. But if you're looking for something chill something to relax to play this i definitely want to play more i don't know if i'll beat this game i i honestly don't but i do want to go back to it because it just you know maybe sometimes i don't i don't feel like playing something super hard or something with a challenge sometimes i just want to go look for shit without worrying about a giant moblin knocking me off a cliff and losing all my shit you know or fighting kind of makes me want yeah, kind of kind of makes me wish this game's on Switch, but considering I tried it on Xbox One initially, it does not. Whew, especially compared to the PC version, uh, or at least the Game Pass PC version, um, the frame rate it's a lot is not as good, and um, the resolution's not as good. So yeah, get this on PC Game Pass or just buy it on PC if you can. I don't even know how much it is to be honest with you. Um, but I guess the last thing I'll talk about is uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Shout out to you, Justin, for for commentating and that was that was a lot of fun um i i mean yeah i won so that kind of makes it a little bit better i won't lie winning always feels good anybody tells you who who tells you otherwise is lying winning feels good um but at the same time i i do stress that my point is to for my chat room anybody who comes by to have fun when those are are happening and i looked at the chat replay as i was rewatching justin's uh uh, commentary and just watching the match over again the chat was going was having fun and going off and you know kind of i was not a cheater okay <laughs> i assumed that low just wanted to change teams technically in the first to 10 you're locked in that's it the whole point is to pretty much it's this character for this character for x amount of minimum 20 matches and or i don't know i'm doing probably not whatever you know what i mean and that's the point. But when Lowe said team switch, I assumed he was just talking about himself. I wasn't going to switch because I'm in, I have a momentum going. Um, and so I, ordinarily, if, I, if this was like a strict, like if money was on the line, I would have said, no, this is the rules, but it, it's, it's a friendly first hey, to 10. I'm just so. saying there was a narrative going around. That there was a cheater. By you, motherfucker! I heard you. So who is who is I to you know deny the mob? That's all. There, all I'm saying is, is that um, sounds like I there wasn't was a vocal switch majority. Because I don't know. I I had, the, the scary thing is, is I didn't know who Low was gonna play because I get trying to get it out of him like who who you playing? He's like oh, I don't know. I've been trying this and this and so I I kind of knew he was playing. Uh, he was gonna play Sentry. 
uh, Ranger, but um, it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad people love my RJ. Uh, I've been practicing hella hard with that character. Um, I yeah, and God, it was just so fun. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, we're gonna do this again. Uh, maybe maybe one day on stream, I'll just do like an open lobby with my chat with my followers or something or my subs. Let's just mm-hmm. play fucking Battle for the Grid, or like I won't even play because. You know, at some point, the, the strong, you don't want to play with the strong guy anymore because you, you're going to lose. Or maybe you do want to play because you want to get better because that's the point of a fighting game. You want to get better. Um, at least in my opinion. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, me and Lo are definitely going to lock horns again for sure. Um, I've already I've already told him, you want to do Street Fighter V next? And I basically told him, pick your poison in my Rashid or my Chun-Li. So, um, but poison's in I know Lo can beat me in Street Fighter V. Yeah. That too. Um... <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's all I really have this week. Um, I mean, I did start Final Fantasy X on my Switch. Ooh. I don't know why. <laughs> I, after I beat Axiom Verge not? 2, I just want... Look, Yuna's, pr- Yuna's pretty. I want to look at Yuna. I, I haven't played the game since I played it on PS3. I never played it on PS2. And, like, it looks really nice on Switch. On TV, not so much. On Switch, on a nice little screen... You know, like, it looks fine on, on a TV, you know, in HD. It looks it's perfectly fine. But on Switch, it, it just, the colors really pop. And this is without the OLED, ver- OLED model, too. So, I'll probably be off and on on FF10, you know. Dude, um, I, 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 I got 10 wanna... on beta. Just, again, just because. Why, though? <laughs> of course. Why, why not just 10? Did because you get I 10 have 10, well? like, everywhere else. Like, I have it on PS3. You might as well get it on there. I know, but I have it on PS3, PC, and Switch. And I have active games on all of those because I got them, like, you know, years apart or whatever. So, like, I don't need it on a portable again. Like, I already have it on Switch. Okay. Yeah. Granted, I have 10.2 also, but, like, I don't have an active game on 10.2. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You do you, buddy. I never Uh, But, yeah, that's... That's all I've been playing. Um, So, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the news... Uh, we're actually not going to take a commercial break because I don't have my stream deck set up with all that stuff. But I will commandeer the chat for a, or commandeer the the podcast for a minute to say that I found the game I was talking about earlier. It is called Lost okay. Dimension, um, which Lost is why Dimension. I forgot the name because it's just so generic. Yeah, it is. Also, I have a notion. Low in the chat says, "For the record, I asked a t- about a team change for me, i.e., himself." Um, also, shout out to Tangy Pop. For, su- for subscribing, thank you. Ten months. Watch if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on any of your podcast provider, we we stream this show live at TV Zero Score every Monday live at roughly seven Central time on Mondays. So if come then and be a part of the and action. If you want to hear the editing, um, yeah, I wasn't. He wasn't. I wasn't cheating. Time. It wasn't cheating. If any, if we're gonna play any, so like it's just that's fine. I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the heel. Um, because I won't lie, after Low beat me those first two games, uh, I kind of went like, okay, I got, all right, it's, it's, uh, I made this analogy last night, but I made like, I'm going to be Rock Lee from uh, Naruto, which I've never seen, Just but I've take seen the off video the where I take off the training, take off the weights, and like, okay, it's game time, Low. all right. Okay, so but, yeah, yeah, me and anyway, L- anyway, Lost Dimension, it's actually kind of cool, um, like, I wasn't explaining the combat system very well, because it's probably the weirdest part. But it's one of those games where, like, it is strategy RPG through and through. Like, you, between combat, you just have kind of, uh, like, visual novel style, like, character back and forth scenes. And you can, like, develop relationship, or I guess I should say bonds, 
with your companions. There's like seven of you, I think. Um, and the like the main antagonist early on, like kind of tips his hand and says like, you can you can come battle me if you come to the top of this tower. Oh, by the way, one of the people in your party is a traitor and then just leaves. Um, and so you basically spend the whole game like I'm like I said, I'm very early. But you spend the whole game uh, between mission, uh, like talking to your companions and trying to figure out who the traitor is, and um, you can like accuse certain people and then like go into their heads and like see what's going on in their mind to see if you're right or not. Um, and if, I guess eventually the point is to try and um, like unmask the traitor and uh, like get them out of your party before you get up to the top and fight the bad guy. Um, so it's kind of got, it's got some interesting things there. Um, it's a nice looking game. Like I said, it's kind of futuristic, like digital. It looks, it looks a lot like Digimon, but more of a, um, more of a straight anime style rather than kind of the more like, um, like cutesy, like persona style anime. Um, like a lot more, uh, dark colors and kind of harsh lines and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to shout that out real quick because it was really going to bother me. Okay. Well, let me know when you have the news all set up and we can transition, uh, for the news. Maybe, maybe next time I'll put it up. To, maybe next time if low and I fight each other in battle for the grid, cause that game is just it too is. much fun. Um, is we'll do like I'll I'll let the I'll let the the chat room decide my team and make me pick Oof. who they want me to pick, um, which you know, I mean like considering the accessibility of the game, it's it wouldn't really be that hard. Like every character kind of has a universal launcher, every character you know every it, with the exception of Ryu and Chun Li, not every character plays the same, but the general basic kit in terms of how it works is there. It's just. How do you execute into this? That's the that's the true, um, that's the true game plan. And of course, uh, team synergy. But I'm always picking Dragon Zord. Y'all not taking that shit away from me. I love Dragon Zord. Uh, news is up. Do, 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 do. It's time for the news, everybody. Not we're not something the Dragon Zord. And this time we're we're talking about news of a game that none of us want to play, but that we wish we could play. Because it doesn't have controller, I'm bad at this. Yeah, Chun Li is may still. not. Chun Li may not be in Super Smash Brothers at the time of this recording. And God help me, please. I'm sorry, dude. Me. Come on, Sakurai. It's no, it's uh, last chance. Chun Li may not be in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but she's gonna be in Mega Man X Dive. Um, and of course, uh, Eric Cardinalson to the strongest woman in the world and her friend Ryu joined the playable roster, making some a special crossover event. How Chun Li and her own focused, uh, all trailer focus on the character specifics, abilities. The first power showcased in the trailer is, of course, her iconic spinning bird kick, which she can use in the ground or air to fly across the screen, dealing massive damage to enemies. Unlike Ryu, Chunners doesn't get her signature projectile in this game. She doesn't get Kikoken? What the hell? But instead has access to use to her Hyokusen or lightning lays cause it cause causing big old hitboxes in front of her while get, granting defensive stacks. Um, as I'm gonna look at this trailer right now, which I haven't seen, her model doesn't look that bad. Honestly, I really like how it looks. Um, it really reminds me of uh, Street Fighter. No, Tatsunoko versus Capcom yeah, it does in a look way. Like a Tatsunoko. Um, and he, 
The game in general um, looks nice. Like it has a good art style. I just don't want to play it without a controller. Just, it's just weird to see Chunli in a two D side scroller. It's so cool. Yeah, super yeah. cool. Um I did see a funny uh, piece of fan art where somebody drew Chun-Li with the Mega Buster. She was confused. And she stuck it on her leg, of course, because of course she does. So, yeah, if if you're a Rock Band or Mega Man X5 character or player like... Like, uh... Tyler. Tyler is. Sorry, I was kind of joking. Which one of you is actually playing it? Um... Uh, then uh, go play this because she looks sick. I'm not going to play the game because, again, I don't... But Chun-Li, They don't know... I play Chun-Li virtually everywhere else, and I will play Chun-Li in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on this week because she's bro. getting in. It's happening! Enjoy your Meat Dream is not dead. <laughs> you know what? I'll fucking take it. Right. I will I will consider that. I will consider that a win, okay? Because if, if she gets in and Sora, Doomslayer, Crash, Waluigi, they don't get in, I'll consider that a W over those clowns. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's a good point. I will. I will fucking... I will gloat forever. Crash getting the me costume for sure. But uh, going we're gonna get one, no, we're gonna uh, get Sora as me sword fighter, Doom Guy as as oh, me gunner, and Chun Li as me fighter. And Waluigi <laughs> as the brawler. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, brawler. That's what I meant. Me a Waluigi outfit, yeah. Because I don't think that's a it thing, is. is it? I don't think so. He's got a it's already a thing. Okay. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Waluigi's in the game already, guys. Why are you guys yeah, asking right? for shit? Stop asking. Stop bothering. Seriously, stop bothering Sakurai. It's fucking annoying. Yeah. All right, going from one char- guest character announcement to another, and this kind of made me want to play the game, but I haven't bought it yet. Saber from the Fate series was announced as the final Melty Blood type Lumina character. Those of you who don't know, Melty Blood is the newest fighting game that came out uh, last week uh, at the time. It features rollback netcode. It's published by the same people who made... Uh, it's published by Arc Systems Works. It's made by... Uh, the team is called French Bread, one of the best video game company names. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, today's news saw a new presentation for Melty Blood type Lumina in accordance with the game's release this week, showcasing gameplay and other interesting videos. Um, and so yeah, Saber, uh, so yeah, and pretty much the big thing is that Saber, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Fate slash the Fate series is a huge, well, it started as like, like a, as a hentai novel, of course. uh, in initially, but has now transcended to, has evolved into several anime shows, uh, a got, there's a gotcha thing around it. I think there's a gotcha thing called, I think it's called Fate Grand Order, but it's huge. Fate is not super popular, but it's definitely well known than say the Melty Blood series. So Saber being put in this game is definitely like a, like a shot in the arm, where to say. And I won't lie, if you're gonna, I'm not gonna say watch all the Fate series because I've done that, and let's just say some of them you don't want to watch. But I have seen Fate slash Stay Night as my camera froze. Is my camera freeze? I think it did. Uh oh. Uh, um. It's, yeah, it, yeah it, it froze in a good place Uh-oh. at least. Yeah, yeah, it did. All right. <laughs> okay, I just, um, there so we go. Aren't okay, there like a whole series of fake games too? I think I saw there's, some there's, of those there's on game, Vita. There's games. There's like they're like beat 'em up games or like action games. Like fates a, in a lot of places. Okay. Um, but I uh, but if you've ever if you ever want to see why Saber is so cool. By the way, Saber is Artorias Pendragon. She is King Arthur, not Queen Arthur. She is the mythical King Arthur, so that that is her place in the anime. Who knew King Arthur could be so damn sexy? Anyways, um, uh, yeah, I 
I wasn't going to play Melty Blood. I've never played it before. I thought about playing this game because it had, you know, has rollback. But now that, you know, possibly one of the coolest characters I've seen in, like, newer anime I've seen within the past ten, five to ten years, I ca- I'll probably get this game at some point. Yeah, I might just get to play it her, Just to play a saber. Just, just to play a saber. She just... Oh, she looks so cool. Look at her design. Like, the big the big dress, her sword. Oh, I love her. I love her. Is she actual roster or DLC? No, she's roster. She's base roster. She she was literally announced the week they came out. So it's pretty much telling fans, like, you're going to want to get this game. You know, trying to get those people in the game She's basically Akuma from In Tekken 7. Pretty much, yeah. The special guest character. Okay. Ah, oh, Saber. Anyways, sorry. Sorry, I need I need a moment. <laughs> um, uh, Fate Zero and Unlimited Blade works. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lo. So now we go to God of War. And obviously we know that game is delayed till sometime next year. No solid release date. But now we may... We have an idea of why exactly it's being delayed. Probably a number of factors, but this is a, definitely a contributing factor. Kratos' uh, voice actor, Christopher Judge says he is the reason God of War Ragnarok was delayed. Judge Surge, who was, according to him, one of the reasons God of War Ragnarok was delayed. Uh, let's see. Judge shared on his story via Twitter, following the God of War, God of War being crowned the champions of IGN's best video game. Really? Guys? God of... Yeah. I like God, I like God of War. That God whole, of War is cool, That but... whole bracket was a mess. Uh, yeah. It came down to Stop. God of War and Grand Theft Auto V. Of course it did. Oh, my God. If your Final Four isn't Chrono Trigger, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario World, and... Chrono Trigger got beaten by... Don't tell me. I don't want to know. You're going to make me mad. Don't tell me. It, I'm going to tell, tell you to stop right now. Don't it, tell me. I, I don't want to tell. I mean, I don't remember. It was something stupid. But uh, good, good. It it's was very the fact, that Tr- the fact that Chrono Trigger is nowhere near the finals is dumb, but... Fuck it, we should do our own bracket. Yeah, right. <gasps> oh, that would be a boring idea for close to March Madness. Guys, remember that. Tom, Tyler, write that down for me. Write, write that down, down for me. We'll, we'll do down. our own seating. Okay, okay. Write that down, write that down. Anyways, anyways, back to the actual story. Uh, he quoted a tweet from God of War's engineering uh, leader, Jeet Stroff. I apologize if I ruined that name. That was responding to the victory, and then he continued to thank the fans and send uh, love to God of War family. Thank you, all the fans, not just God of War, but to the game community. All our games have been a life have been a lifeline during these difficult times. To my golf golf family, I will never be shy about saying how much I love you all. I will continue to laugh and cry. An hour later, he revealed the news that God of War Ragnarok, which was revealed in September 2020's PlayStation 5 Showcase with the release window of 2021, um, was delayed to 2022 because of him. 100% in my feels right now. I need to be forthcoming. This has been approved by no one. To the beloved fandom, Ragnarok was delayed because of me. August 2019, I couldn't walk. Had to have back surgery. Both hips replaced and knee surgery. They waited for me to rehab. No threats, no. Who do you think you are? Nothing but love and support. And at Sony Santa Monica, which has never said a word about the delay or what caused it. Studios are assholes, but this company from top to bottom should give us hope. What did uh what they did for this crew is way more that I I can't talk about but I, I've said all I, I've said all to involved it is the classiest thing I've ever heard about in the in this business everyone in the Guaf franchise puts their hearts and souls in every frame you see I want to thank everyone that has allowed me to play and laugh and love and cry without judgment but with unconditional support and love and all things ours 
Judge Judge ended also revealing that he quit after he, he was told that Corey Bauer would not be directing the sequel and that Eric Williams would not be uh, would not be taking his place. However, Bauer quickly eased his worry and Judge would go on to realize that Eric Williams is a motherfucking beast. <laughs> um, last thing, Balrog told uh, Corey Balrog told at Tribeca that he wouldn't be directing a sequel. I quit. No joke. He said, do you trust me? Yes. He said, Eric is a beast. I said, he better be. Update, Eric Williams is a motherfucking beast. That's really funny. So, yeah. That's, that's, like, the, like, I feel, oh my, like, I wasn't, I mean, like, I feel like if you're the kind of people who was, like, like oh, it should be coming this year, blah, 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 I hope you feel like a complete asshole because of, uh, of begging for this game to come out this year when the guy couldn't basically walk. Yeah, that sounds brutal. Yeah. But I will say, like, Christopher Judge is, is just just the best yeah right um oh yeah he's so i'm great. glad like you know they worked everything out because they could have just recast him if there were a lesser studio um yeah but i've never doubted that sony santa monica is amazing like cory cory barlog in general knew what he was doing and like you know even before the last god of war game like he's been on it and so i would never doubt his decisions um and it seems like everyone involved is just as awesome and that's great That's all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Um. Seriously. Now we're gonna go out on some Five Nights at Freddy news because apparently that's still a thing. That's awesome. FNAF movie. FNAF movie loses his director and struggles to please Scott Cawthon. Remember, Scott Cawthon donated to conservative members of leadership. Just gonna put that out there um, because it's. I think that's important. Um, he's also gotten in multiple social media fights. That's true. Uh, it turns out that not only are the Five Nights at Freddy's creators' politics problematic, it sounds like he might also be in touch with difficult to work with. The film, based on the series, has lost its director, possibly because Scott Cawthon has a final cut mentality to the movie-making process, whatever that means. In a small interview with Collider, Blumhouse CEO Jason Blum said that not only is director Chris Columbus... Really? Chris Columbus was going to fucking direct this movie? Good yeah. lord. Wow. Um, Jesus, let's talk about a fu- Okay, whatever. Um, but the team has also written the script multiple times over in an attempt to please Cawthon, who has since retired from game development following his recent controversy. Uh, it's really tough to crack, Blum said. We've written multiple scripts and we've gotten nowhere. We've got where we're threading a needle, which is doing justice for Five Nights at Freddy's and making Scott happy. The only way that we would go about it is giving Scott... I want to do something Scott doesn't like. Let me say that a different way. I don't have the right to do anything Scott doesn't like. Basically, Scott has kind of like an equivalent of Final Cut, and it's taking longer than I hope to get the right story. This is the first substantial update on the FNAF film since the project since November 2020, when Costa posted in the game subreddit about the screenplays he has rejected since announcing it in 2015. God, is that long? Jesus Christ, has it been that long? Um... In the Reddit post, Cawthon said that the team decided on a draft dub Mike and that filming would begin in spring 2021, but it seems the project under, has, has undergrown, undergone yet another setback in losing its director. Um, still, Blum assured that fans that Five Nights at Freddy fa- films are still, are still coming, saying the team is a long way from giving up um, and he is confident Blumhouse Productions will eventually figure it out. And of course, it goes into um, you know the whole creation of basically the fact that he was giving money to bigots and stuff like that. So... 
I want to know. He had must have had a good lawyer to write in creative control into his contract for the for this movie. Because I, I haven't heard of like any like especially in any. For I, a writer, I know FNAF, yeah. Like, I mean, not a writer, but like a, a produ- um, like he's a having producer. final cut on the writing process is what I meant. Yeah, whoever his lawyer is, that fucking number one. Kudos to that shit. But also, Scott, baby, come on. Yeah, like. It's not going to be what it can't. This is why, like, like I feel like you have to, like, I feel like you just have to, like, he has to let it go at some point mm-hmm. and just like take. Not obviously, you don't want to shit. He doesn't want it to be shit, but that some people, I think, I said like it, it's perfection. It's his perfectionist mindset. I, sometimes you just gotta let that go, man. This isn't. This is not your baby. It tec- yeah. I mean, technically, it is. But like He's this told product is being that's the thing. Yeah. Let them tell their story. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let, let them tell the story like, using it, it it was announced in twenty fifteen, like at the height of the popularity of this uh property. Now it's twenty twenty one and arguably not nearly as many people care. No, no, there's there's still kids who love FNAF, but those kids are a lot older now. Yeah. And obviously, I don't know if the younger kids are still in the FNAF. There has obviously there's not going to be any new games, so well there is a like new the one. FNAF there's security breach coming. Right, right, but like recently, right is what I'm saying. That like yeah, the, I'm just the saying like, crazes, the, by the time this gets made, like the hype is going to have died down. Ironically, yeah, like, he's going to be such a perfectionist gone. that it's going to fail. <laughs> yeah. The FNAF craze is the it's the FNAF craze is gone. You don't see Matt. Well, I mean, maybe Matt Pat does fucking make dumb FNAF videos uh, again, but he's too busy talking about eradicating mental health with dumb pictures. But what do I know? Um, so, yeah, I he, I want to know who his lawyer is because to get him that fucking deal, because like there's no way he got that by himself about getting creative control. There's no way. He he's literally pulling. Thomas is gonna love this. I don't know if he's gonna listen to this. He's literally pulling a Hulk Hogan. That's not gonna work for me, brother. <laughs> he's literally doing that, and telling writers to like, no, I don't. I reject that script. Reject, like, no. At some point, you have to let go of your baby when it's not yours. Yeah, you and let it fly you want to maintain as much as possible, but mm, oh, whatever. I don't. I'm not gonna watch FNAF, but no. it's just fascinating to me. Plus, you already have that Nicolas Cage movie that's basically Five Nights at Freddy's yeah, right? anyways. That's already out. It's probably <laughs> right. way better than this movie is ever going to be. I wonder if that was one of the rejected uh, FNAF scripts <laughs> and they just turned it into a so, different movie. I mean, possibly. Like, fuck you. I'm going to go take this. I, for, to be fair, I, I heard the, first the movie time. isn't... Ex- Nicolas Cage. I, 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 I heard that the movie isn't exactly great, except... For... No. He doesn't talk. He I has heard no the... lines of dialogue in that whole movie. Why would you... Why would you hire Nick Cage... To just grunt to not and look talk. at animatronics. That's so stupid. Okay, yeah, that's that's now. a great misuse of Nick Cage. Yeah, I still kind of want to watch it. Though. Do you team? Maybe we'll do. Maybe we're not doing a watch long of it. I'm just gonna put the kibosh. I mean, it's it's that. spooky season. Yeah, it's true. We could. It's that no, we no. We're gonna be watching better shit. We're watching better shit. Uh, I'm yeah, executive but order. we could. Nope, <laughs> we are not. Uh, so let's go from one thing to another. Uh, Metroid Prime Three, which will that never see release on Nintendo Switch, is yeah, it Seamless. is. Um, Metroid Prime Three, which will never release on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Metroid Prime Three Corruption may have been open world if the Wii was more powerful, 
Brian Walker, who was Retro Studios' director of development and producer until 2012, revealed that the Metroid Prime 3 Corruption could have been an open-world game that featured a heavier gameplay focus on Samus' ship, if, among other reasons, the Wii was a bit more powerful. As reported by VGC, Walker detailed these developments stories on Kiwi, Talk, Kiwi Talks, uh, I'm assuming that's New Zealand, and shared that Metroid Prime series director Mark Passini had much more ambitious plans for this third entry that then would end up shipped... Uh, then what ended up being in the shit game, unfortunately some of these ideas were a bit too big for the time. Mark came forward with an interesting twist in the vision and some formulas for Metro Prime 3 compared to Metro Prime 2. We wanted to talk a we wanted to a great degree leverage the ship as a playable asset, and we had that to some degree in Prime 3, but Mark was thinking much more ambitiously. There was also an open world that would have been much less linear that he was proposing and the team was excited about. We weren't able to prototype a lot of those because they were really big. We did have some ship prototypes, but the open world was much bigger. In fact, Mark printed out some of the visual A's of this original Samus ship. He taking the mesh of the Samus ship and uses a program that basically unfolded into it into what then could turn into a paper model. So we had this cardboard cutout Samus ship that he colored in, and it looked great. They could sell it today. Um, it. He then can you say that this? Uh, uh, he could sell it. To, he then can you say that the specs of the Nintendo Wii, which were behind the PS3 and Xbox 360, could have been the one reason these these grand ideas never saw the light of day. Uh, we knew that the 360 was going to have, we knew what the PS3 was going to have, and the initial specs we were looking for at the Wii were not competitive from a hardware memory standpoint. They were all disadvantages. We were a little concerned to be blunt, and then they rolled out the Wii remote, and it kind of unison, and the team went, ah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, despite this, Walker is proud that Metro Prime 3 ended up being... Uh, such there. Yeah. May have fallen short of our goals with Prime 3. It has not been able to expand the f- uh, formula a bit. Walker included, but we're still very proud of Prime 3. It turned out to be a fantastic game, but I would be very interested to see what the response would be, especially the fan community, to the expanded ship and non-linear experience that we're touching upon. So, which who knows, maybe we're going to get that with Yeah, Prime the reason I wanted to put the story in here is because like they're definitely just going to revisit those ideas for Prime 4. Yeah, most definitely. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's all that's the story is saying, <laughs> it seems like. Yeah. Granted, he's not there yeah. anymore, so who knows? Right, right. But I'm sure but a lot of other people are. concepts are still there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that That's has really me excited. Cool. Yeah, I've never played Prime 3. I've only played... Really? I've beaten Prime 1, played Prime a little bit of Prime 2, never beat it, and Prime 3 always seemed the most interesting to me, but... Um, it's not it, perfect, but it's got some really cool concepts in it. Yeah. It just falters a little bit with, like, the exploration side of things, which, I mean, is kind of key to Metroid, but... Um, yeah. The fact that you have to basically like leave the planet and go to a different one kills the pacing sometimes. Um, but it's still a cool game, and it has some really good uh, power ups and stuff. Like the the pacing of the uh, the you know power increase you get is pretty good. Um, I just don't like all the motion stuff they threw in. It's kind of mandatory, but yeah, I know, but. It allowed them to make it more of like an action kind of Halo game uh, because it moved a little quicker. And I think that hurt the game in a way because the combat still doesn't feel great when you're using a Wii remote. So like the the heavier focus on combat makes it a little worse than the games that, you know, were slower to control. But because of that, didn't rely as heavily on combat. Mm. Um. I don't. I I think I was going to say something else, but I don't remember. Ah, uh, okay. 
Well, there you have it. Um, all right. Well, we're going to talk about a topic that we didn't get to talk about this time. Um, and that is... Justin, you want to tell our topic for us? Oh, we're not doing Tokyo Game Show? Oh, right. I completely forgot I added that. All right. <laughs> here we go. All right. Round up. Sorry. Uh, my whole week is just apparently screwed up. So, final There's bit of news. There's not a lot here. Tokyo... It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Tokyo Game Show came and kind of went. It was like, unless you were paying absolute attention... It was like, wait, Tokyo Game Show happened? Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, that was the case. Um, sorry, my phone got a notification on my phone. All right, uh, so these are some of the uh, bigger announcements. Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin gets a release date of March. Another fucking game coming out. The first yep. quarter of 2022 is fucking insane. It's dumb. If you don't believe me, go look at the fucking list. It's also, all the game delays from this year. <laughs> They're still also, trying to get out before the end of the fiscal year. This, li- if you haven't seen it, this fucking like preview gave us birth to the fucking greatest thing ever. It's this girl. I'm gonna just say it. Like, I recommend to go watch. It's this I guess new female party member who's talking about. I wish that I was reborn. I was born into this world, this fake world, and I wish I was born at chaos. So a band of heroes come and defeat me, so I can get out of this dreamless dream. You know something esoteric and shit. And what the fuck is the main character's name in Origin? Is Jack. it Steve? Jack? Just and he's wearing like like a hood. He just camera focuses on him. Bullshit. <laughs> and just pulls out, walks away, doesn't say anything, pulls out a phone, and starts playing Limp Biscuit. I'm not making that up. I'm not making is that, that up. It's hol- I feel like that was a Thomas Hila- thing to it's- do. Bullshit and just and it's just like oh my god I want to play this game and it's coming to almost everything but Switch but of course it was never coming to Switch so I I kind of want to play this game there is a new gameplay demo out now because of it uh, which I wish I could try but I can't uh, it's just oh that that just made me laugh that shit was hilarious uh, the one I saw the one I saw on Twitter was uh, there was an edit instead of uh, Limp Biscuit playing uh, it was just a wet fart sound effect. <laughs> Image. Uh, uh, force and of course, go ahead. Is that towards the end of the trailer or? I don't remember. I just saw it on Twitter, man. <laughs> I just saw it on Twitter <laughs> okay. uh, that somebody posted a video of it. He just says I'm trying bullshit. to find it. I, I, wait, okay. is that? No, that's not it. Um, I could probably, I could probably link. I'll link you because I linked. It, I have it right here with Thomas. I mean, I'm wondering if it's oh. spliced together. Like that stuff's all in the trailer, but it's not necessarily portrayed like right. That. All right, here you go. I just linked it for you. If you want to, we'll watch it at the end, chat room, because it's just too funny. It's super funny. All right. Uh, Forspoken developers discuss Magic Parkour system. Uh, Forspoken co-director Takahumi uh, Tirada, uh, creative producer Rao Mitsuno reveal a bit more about their upcoming game, including its spells, antagonists, and Magic Parkour. More of is also about Athea, where the majority of the game takes place, and how it becomes a harsh core place after an event the developers aren't ready to reveal yet, and we get sort of a, yeah. Um, I'm excited for this one. M- yeah, I got so my. I can't wait to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I hope my PC. My PC should be beefy enough to play it. I want to play it. Um, yeah, probably. Turn up. I'll turn up some settings. But uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five gameplay uh, against an angry ogre boss. As I get a stupid Geico commercial for some reason. Um, yeah, apparently features a boss. Uh, both an angry red ogre boss and supernatural Avengers level. Gathering of Demons. I swear to God, I hate pop culture sometimes. So yeah, it's a 22-minute gameplay demonstration. I don't know anything about Shin Megami Tensei, but I probably will have not played this one just like I have not played all the others. But 
kudos on Nintendo for publishing it and like promoting it. Yeah, right. Um, like crazy. I might give it a shot. Uh, Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier gets a release date for Windows. New features announced. Um, the Battle Royale mobile title. Final Fantasy First Soldier will be that available on iOS and Android. For the record. Yeah, you mentioned that. What in First Soldier? Yeah. Okay. Um, it will be available in devices November 2021. Also, further details: some new features coming to the game, including that it will support controllers following fan feedback. Okay, that cool. is very necessary. That was Square the Enix features trailers for Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, Triangle Strategy, and more. Um, there's a new all tires, Sophie sequel game. These are like there's like a shit ton of these games. Of yeah, what, is so what many. I've discovered. There's so many of them. Um, Yudin Chronicles gets a uh, first gameplay reveal. So this is the Kickstarter, and I forgot about this game, but this is the Kickstarter game that's basically a spiritual successor to Suikoden, the, the IP that Konami is yeah. never, ever going to touch. Yeah. By the way, we're not talking about those Konami Metal Gear Silent Hill rumors because that shit happens every fucking week now. Yep. It's not happening. Stop it. Okay, anyways. um, God. And, uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of skimming through it, through the gameplay. <laughs> I want to play this game. It looks really cool. It looks nice. Um, and it's from ex-developers of Suikoden. So, like, it's legit. Yeah. Um, and, surpri- and, of course, and surprisingly, even though it was just announced in the Nintendo Direct last week, we do get some details on Monster Hunter Rise. Um, it introduces a new master rank for level, master rank level for quests. This new story will take players to a new base of operations. Put them face to face with the elder dragon Malzeno, and even return of some familiar monsters like the Shogun Centaur. Ooh. Monster Hunter Rise is set to release summer 2022. So mm-hmm. there you there you go. I'm I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Sega's mysterious RPG is Sin Chronicle. Um, I think they had talked about this like a like maybe about three weeks ago that they were going to reveal at Tokyo Game Show. Uh, the new game headed to iOS and Android devices uh, arrives on devices on December fifteenth in Japan. It is a successor, not a sequel to Chain Chronicle, which was released in twenty thirteen and later came to the PlayStation Vita. Ah, a. I looked, uh, I looked that up because I heard of Sin Chronicle, and the it was an online only game, and services were taken down in like twenty sixteen. Oof. So I have no Lovely. idea what it is. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember people like, uh, this was announced a while, like, again, a couple weeks ago, but we didn't know what it was. And it's, apparently this is a mobile game that has no end, and it's going to have a lot of, you know, gotcha slash pay to win stuff. So it's a mobile game. It has decisions you can only make once, though, which is kind of intriguing. Like a, a choice-based system that locks to your account. So you can't like go back and see what the other option is. I like that as a mechanic, just not in a pay-to-win gotcha game or mobile game. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and scroll through these new Square Enix RPG Dungeon Encounters revealed coming in two weeks. Dungeon Encounters is a brand new dungeon exploring RPG. It's set to be released on October fourteenth on PS4, Steam, and Switch. This Square Enix RPG is not much of a JRPG. Instead, it will have players marching along a narrow grid to explore a dungeon map itself. I believe this is the director of Final Fantasy VI who is making this game. Because really? I remember that was going around. So it doesn't mention that in the article. Huh. Um, but if... I hate ads so fucking much. I really should just play them ahead. It looks very simple, but I also kind of like it from like a tabletop standpoint. Like, it seems like the kind of thing that you could actually, like, buy a board game version of. And that's really cool. Yeah, this is the game. So, yeah, this is, if you like, like this is going to be from the same director. 
Um, okay. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise! I got IGN, why didn't you pair this shit together, seriously? Yeah, right, yeah. Um, Monster Hunter Rise is coming to Steam in January 2022. Um, I honestly thought it was a Switch game. Like, I thought it was going to stay a Switch game. No, in the, in the, when Capcom had that big, that big leak, it, it was either the big leak or they had announced it early on, and Monster Hunter games always come to, to PC at some point, it's just like, it's a, like a ver- way later down the road. Um, yeah, this new version is will feature... Is it console exclusive for Switch? Probably. I don't think it's going to be... This is probably not going to be on PlayStation. They just only announced okay. Steam. So I don't think this is coming to PlayStation sense. or Xbox. Maybe well, Who knows? Um, hey, the more the merrier, honestly. Uh, this new version will feature 4K resolution support, high-res textures, uncapped frame rate, optimized keyboard and mouse controls, voice chat, and ultra-wide 21 by 9 display. Um, so yeah, I looked at It'll this trailer... It'll feature all the things Switch can't do. Yeah, right. I mean... Yeah, the game already looks great as it is. Um, no, I know. For for the hardware that it's programmed for. So uh, there is a survey going around that uh, that I think Capcom put out concerning Monster Hunter and its PC release. Put in that the game needs cross-save or cross-progression. Because yeah. help me God, if, if this game... If this version, if they actually do it and give cross-progression to PC, I'm in. I'm, I don't care. Because the only reason why I don't want to buy it for PC is I don't want to do all that again. I did all that again. I did all that the first time. And it was fun. I don't want to do that again. Right. <laughs> um, I could. Lit- it would be cool to have be able to transfer saves between my Switch version and then play it on PC um, with a more stable connection. Um, at least when I'm streaming. But that's a personal thing. For sure. Okay. Um, and of course, continue with Monster. See, you guys put this together. Seriously, fuck off, IGN. Um, <laughs> Monster Hunter. Uh, we are getting more collaborations. Uh, Arthur is coming. Arthur costume is coming to uh, Monster Hunter Rise, and then in November okay. we're going to get a Sonic the Hedgehog uh, event. Ooh. So yeah, and Arthur one actually looks really, really good. And it's actually crossing over with the uh, Ghosts and Goblins that came out this year. Uh, which I can't, I can't, I can't believe it's been. That game came out in February, and it's been that long. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it looks really good. I won't lie. Um, all these Capcom things have been good. Uh, again, no look at Sonic, but I'll probably buy that. Um, and Xbox had a huge thing, um, and I'll go over real quick. They added a, they added a couple games and Synonium, uh, Project Nexus. They added several new games to Game Pass because of Tokyo Game Show. Um, it's a 50-minute thing, um, but basically Phil Spencer wants to increase his Japanese game lineup. Um, every single day we want to increase our lineup of Japanese games in order to help bring Japanese gamers around the world. It's an honor to support TGS and our Japanese partners. Working with Japanese publishers every single day to increase our lineup of games, Japanese games, and Xbox. We know it's really important to fans and customers on Xbox. For those of you who don't know, Xbox sells like sh- I mean, consoles in general sell like shit on, in Japan, except for Switch, mm-hmm. except for like anything mobile. But Xbox especially does not move yeah. units. It's it's just it's literally garbage bin. Um, hell, it might be cheaper to get an Xbox Series X in Japan, pay for the import fees, and then get it over here. It might be cheaper to do that. Um, Probably. Um, That's what I did with Vita. <laughs> X Tango Game Works developers Ikumi Nakamura, who is the, that? If you don't know who that is, that is the woman who said it's spooky on E3 that one year, and she became uh, oh, she's great. Oh yeah, the cute one. Yeah. Um, I was working on a Gungrave sequel. Koch Media not only revealed a new gameplay uh, video for Gungrave Gore, that is the acronym T-R-E, 
but it's also shared that ex-Tango Game Works developer Ikumi Nakamura is involved in the game's development. Gungrave Gore is the latest in the Grave series of 3D action games, which will be released on PS5. <laughs> it listed PS5 twice. PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and X, Xbox One, and PC. Um, and of course, then next up, they're all Tango Gameworks is developing a new game, Evil Within 2 Director Leading. So Shinji Mikami is making a game for, for them, so that's cool. All here is Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet Nexus, the Sonian Finals, and Mighty Goose all coming to Xbox Game Pass are already available. Um, I downloaded Scarlet Nexus. I'm curious about that. So did I. So did I. Uh, I thought about downloading it for PC, but it's a much beefier game. I'd rather just let me just play it on Xbox. I'm sure it'll. If yeah. it doesn't, run, if it runs terribly, I'll just download. I'll then download it on PC. Um, Redfall, Starfield, and more will be localized for Japan. Um, Microsoft reconfirmed, and so pretty much just continuing with that statement. So it'll be the largest translation ever, with over 300 actors and over and 150,000 lines of dialogue. So that's that's pretty crazy. Um, uh, Guilty Gear Strive confirmed for next Arc Revo tournament, alongside soundtrack release. The fighting game tournament Arc Revo will be ret- returning, and Guilty Gear Strive will be the game to headline it all. Furthermore, Arc System Works has released the game's soundtrack, which I recently that- bought, and it's super great. Oh yeah, I, I, I believe that, and confirmed that more theme merchandise is on the way. Um, and then uh, SNK was up next. King of Fighters 15, and they reveal uh, there's new, this new character uh, that's a rival to the other fem- main character, which is uh, Shune. And her whole mechanic is that she's basically like a punk girl, and she has spray paint cans, and she looks really fucking cool. Like I've I haven't played too many King of Fighters. Um, yeah, all the newer but, characters uh, in KOF so far have been kind of lame for my liking, but this uh, new chick here uh, it actually looks really cool, I'm not going to lie. You just like her because she's basically a JoJo stan, basically, right? Is no, that I'm it? Ju- I'm just going based on design. I don't she know has, anything like, about her. She Rayman spray can hands. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm making the JoJo reference. I can see yeah. that. Oh, I don't. I see Rayman. Yeah, and her super is that she like basically tags you. Uh, with her and yeah, she just she just exuberates coolness. Yeah, right. Um, Gives K Dash a run uh, for his money. Who was also confirmed recently, by the way. Okay, um, trying to speak to these. Uh, Swery's the good life gets an Xbox exclusive demo. Deadly Premonitions Hidetaki Swery Suhiro uh, Suhiro revealed that his upcoming game, The Good Life, which is set to be released on October fifteenth, will begin an Xbox exclusive demo. Uh, uh, it's already out now. Go go try it. I'll try um, it out. I like Daily Premonition. And the last piece of news, Eternal Eternal Return gets a release date and trailer. Alongside a brand new game trailer, revealed that Eternal Return would be uh, released on October 19th. I am not familiar with this. Never name. heard of this. Same. Well, it is Japan, so... Um, Alright, so yeah, not a lot happened at Tokyo Game Show, but uh, that is pretty much the highlight. So if you have Xbox Game Pass, you got some new things. Uh, Final Fantasy gets a new uh, Origins, Strangers in Paradise gets a new up, gets a release date, um, and uh, yeah, uh, this looks like basically like an arena. It looks like it's an arena, an arena shoot, like League yeah, of Legends kind like of a, thing, like a top-down hero shooter, maybe. MOBA, it's a MOBA. Um, okay, at least it looks like a MOBA. Yeah. Oh, I played um, Pokemon Unite. I'll talk about that next one. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the topic of the night, which is down, I think it's below me, yeah. 
Uh, tut, tut, what, tut, tut. what game that is still only 2D should make the 3D transition? There's not a lot out there, but so, this was supposed to be on last week's discussion, but I was too tired to continue, and we're going to do it this week. Uh, Justin, you have to have one. Okay, so y'all were getting into a bit of a discussion beforehand of like what constitutes something that's never been 3D before. Right. And I want to argue my case a little bit here um because i think that it should be like maybe there was a 3d game before but you know they changed the style and like made it its own thing like for example Mega Man legends like i'm not saying Mega Man is my choice i'm just saying like Mega Man legends is its own thing it is a 3d Mega Man game but it's separate from like a main Mega Man legacy so like you know you could say, hey, let's make a, like the first 3D like regular Mega Man game. Again, I'm not saying that's my pick. It might be someone's. But I just wanted to kind of use that as an example. Um, that being said, I have to go with an actual like proper mainline sequel Metroid game. So like third person, not like the prime series, like for like, correct. Like an actual, like basically if other M were good, um, <laughs> but even that is more 2.5 D than anything. Um, I'm thinking like over the shoulder, um, like third person kind of gears of war style almost, um, or, you know, God of war, the most recent God of war where like, it's, you've always got the view behind her and, um, it's still like you you know you aim with one stick you move with the other stick uh you have a lock on like it all still functionally works the same but you're exploring an actual 3d area and you have the more general like 2d uh metroid items remixed in 3d so like you could for example bring the speed booster in maybe make it like a button you hold down um so the you know moving forward like fills a meter um and then you release the meter and you start shooting off like speed wise um you could have a lot more cool environmental puzzles with the ice beam um which i don't think metroid prime ever really did it wasn't really the the kind of thing they were focusing on um so i'm thinking actually translating 2d metroid mechanics like the things we know and love right. to a proper 3D adventure game. Like, call it, I mean, make it Metroid 6. I know Dread is just now coming out, like, by the time this, you know, goes live. But think think of Metroid 6, like the actual next progression of the series. Because we already had Samus Returns and Metroid Dread that are kind of that 2.5D, but still on a single plane. Um, turning that into an over-the-shoulder third-person action adventure game not you know first person shooter or whatever that metroid prime kind of did as a spinoff because I, I will i will stand by the fact that we have not gotten a mainline like actual 3d metroid game mm. yeah i feel you i think that could be different and definitely set itself apart from like what makes that different from the prime series so i think that constitutes um mm. tyler i'm curious uh, so mine's a bit unconventional because this is probably something that you wouldn't expect from me, but 
I kind of want to see a 3D Earthbound game. Like, I know that's exactly what Mother 3 was supposed to be when it was being developed yep. for Nintendo 64, but was scrapped and was made for the Game Boy Advance instead. In Japan only, but, you know, that's a different discussion altogether. Uh, My cartridge says otherwise. Hold on. I have it here somewhere. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> Fuck, where is it? Oh, where is it? Go ahead. I'm going to keep talking. Go ahead. But, yeah. Uh, other than just seeing, like, another Earthbound game, I kind of want to see how uh, they would tackle that sort of gameplay in 3D. Because uh, in, in all the other uh, Earthbound and Mother games, uh, you do have eight-directional movement in the overworld, sure, but it's not true 3D movement. So, and just uh, how uh, the battle system uh, would play in a three-dimensional space would probably be the most intriguing thing because it was mostly sack screens. So, I don't know. I just want to see what type of crazy shit could happen uh, in a more modern Earthbound Mother-type game. That's just what I think, anyway. Alright, so we got Earthbound and we got um, Justin's pick, which I totally didn't forget. And wow. I'm spelling it all. That's right, yeah. Um, my pick is the Shantae series. Ooh. Uh, probably okay. won't happen because they're in much smaller. To, honestly, guys, it was between two indie studios because at this point, if a, uh, like I, I, most of the small, most of the bigger games that have gone 3D have gone 3D have gone from 2D have gone 3D. Like my um, first, Kirby my was first the last was, uh, Shovel Knight, but. Uh, I wanted to go Earthbound like it's, because it's to me it's too. We haven't even explored what all of Tootie Shovel Knight can do. It's right. too early to consider that. Shantae at least it was that's either... kind of what where I'm more leading towards. It's something that I feel like has exhausted Tootie and should yeah. try something new. Like right. you know the inspiration Kirby. I feel like what else are they going to do with a 2D Kirby game? We're, so we're finally getting a 3D one. Like cool, yeah. it'll be it'll be great. So like I don't know how mines mines would be different, but like, and I don't know if it'll ever happen just because again they're a much smaller studio and it's a huge, much more huge undertaking. But I just think of like making Sequin Land um, a like much seemingly bigger island than what it is appears in like you see, and just being able to freely explore the island or various islands using her animal powers like transforming the elephant or the or the spider or whatever. I just think that would be really fun to explore or. In fighting on Risky Boots' pirate ship, or maybe a section where like you have to go on the on like you're on the ocean chasing down Risky Boots, like stuff stuff like that. I think, especially with Shantae, which is a series that is like it's you know rep to go, like full of adventure, full of spunkiness. I would love to see like like that translate to three. I think most of it will. Um, again, it wouldn't be a Metroidvania anymore; just be more open. But I think a lot of the the main points, like the humor. The like the some of the some of the other gameplays could stay around, but um, you know it'd just be traversal around bigger areas versus two D screens. That would be my pick. Either the, it was either that or Blastmaster Zero, just because I would love to be able to drive that cool ass car in uh, in a three D environment. I just think that would be so sick, um, especially navigating, especially some of the boss fights. I think would look really cool in three D, but. Yeah, that that those that's that's my pick, Shantae. I feel like Shantae. I don't know if it'll ever happen, um, but I would love to see her in a in a. I would like to see that uh, specifically with uh, Wind Waker uh, cel shading art style. That'd be pretty. Oh, I'm pretty sure they could do a successful transition from like kind of the you know the action adventure Metroidvania style they have done to like the more kind of collectathon like Donkey Kong sixty four style. 
Because it still has some of those same elements where you get new things that open yeah. up other parts of the world. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think she could transition pretty easily. Um, Just look at you know, Castlevania. Maybe, maybe have, I, I would say yeah. maybe less... I would have her use... I would, honestly, one of the biggest things I kind of like... I love about Shantae, but I wish she used more of like her hair can do damage. I would like maybe have her hair... Can grip on the things and stuff like that. Just, just exp- use more of the hair mechanic in addition to you know the transformation mechanics or something like that. Maybe limit that initially, and then like have your the hair and some of the other magic you get as a base, and then from there, oh, okay, now you have the elephant. Now you have this and that. So, yeah, that that's mine. Shantae, y'all remember Wario World? I do. War- I remember that was that was one of those that like it made a really solid transition to 3D, and no one cared. Yeah, it's Wario. Yeah, a lot of people don't like a small, significant people care about Wario, but not enough to warrant his own games uh, all the time. Yeah, just like Wario Land Shake It was like one of the best Wii games that no one played. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, I think that's gonna do it, guys, for this show. Thank you for everybody who came out on the live stream chat, and thank you for everybody who uh, who listened on their various podcast platforms. Justin, plug your stuff, please. You can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, by the time this goes live, hopefully I will have a new video out uh, reviewing, kind of critiquing, retrospecting, whatever you want to call it, um, Metroid 1 slash Metroid Zero Mission. Just a little deep dive into the history of the series. And you can also uh, watch my streams, aside from you know being here tonight and seeing the podcast. Um, I also stream Thursday nights. Uh, currently with my friend Chris, um, we're thinking about maybe doing something spooky this month, but I gotta kind of figure that out still. Might not change it. I don't know. I'm just worried that we're going to beat Four Swords Adventure before the, before November, and then what do we do for Zelda month? So. Four Swords Adventure is a long game, but eh, you never know. I mean, yeah, we are moving pretty slowly. (laughs) It's a a beefy game, Doc. Yeah, it is. Tyler! You can follow me on Twitter at HeySatai. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube video, where, home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games. Also, check out Chartop.com to check out our new uh, review show. Uh, ben and I are currently doing Cinema Shot, uh, where we are currently looking at the DC uh, cin- animated cinematic universe. Uh, the next uh, review coming up is going to be for... Constantine, City of Demons, I believe it was called. Uh, That is right, right? Uh, Not City of Angels, because it takes place in L.A. I'm probably over-talking, so I'll leave it to you, Ben. And and you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all things related to the Marvelous One. Uh, And, of course, you can follow me live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash iggy214, where I'm streaming four times a week. God help me. I love doing it, though. Seriously, it's the best part of my day. Uh, it's Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And, of course, I'm here, so I'm technically streaming, co-streaming at least five times a week. Ugh. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and, of course, we're in our Halloween month, so Saturdays are Dead Space with, a uh, Dead Space here with Kane. Sundays are Resident Evil 2. Tuesdays are Costume Quest. And Wednesday is Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. Um, of course, and in November, we'll be kicking off my, uh, one-year affiliate status membership thing with pl- uh, starting a playthrough of The Outer Worlds for your entertainment pleasure. Hype! 
Ooh. So good, good look for that. I'm I'm gonna try not to vomit on screen, guys. Anyways, um, and of course, go to Chargeshot.com for all this content, including this very show. Listen to the Chargeshot Gamescast, our flagship show. You can also listen to the wrestling uh, pay per view watch alongs that me and Thomas did. We did not do a pay per view this week. Instead, we did a Monday Night Raw, the iconic Stone Cold Steve Austin beer bath, which you're probably going to give up, where Mr. McMahon himself literally was doused by a truck full of beer. Not even kidding with you. Um, and of course, and uh, this coming week episode will be on the follow-up to that show, which is WrestleMania 15. I'm not lying to you guys. Thomas and I struggled a lot <laughs> with that one. Oh, but it's, we had fun at the end. We, we managed to have fun. Uh, that, to me, when we do that show, when I do the show with him, it's just about having making making him laugh. That's my only goal. And I did. Uh, and, of course, um, check out Cinema Shot, as Tyler said. And, of course, check out our oh, my baby, our baby, uh, Atomic Shot, which birthed Cinema Shot. And um, that's going to do it for uh, this week, guys. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Charged Up Gamescast. Until next time, though, stay charged. Bullshit. Have a good night, everybody. Bullshit.